This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets edition? I'm asking that as a question mark, obviously. He has not been traded to the Brooklyn Nets quite yet. Uh, joining me, our go-to, my fellow Net fan, uh, Mike Biseglia. Mike, before we talk about Harden and the Nets, I want you to plug every podcast you've ever done. All right, so anybody listening to this dopey podcast mm. can then, if they have nothing better to do, listen to all of the podcasts you have done. Well, Go ahead. Well, I appreciate that mightily, Evan. I will uh, start with saying check out the Bad Weather Fans podcast. I do it with my fellow Knicks fan, Alex Benesowitz. And I'm a Nets fan. He's a Knicks fan. So we do do a little Nets-Knicks trash talk, which I think people will find interesting. And then uh, my Uber Eats podcast, Mike Delivers. I actually had Ryan Rucco on a couple episodes ago. And uh, we get to explore the brain of Ryan Rucco, who is a complete foodie. So check out those two podcasts. Bad Weather fans, Mike Delivers. I appreciate that, Evan. Uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. What the hell is going on? I mean, I... I know we did a podcast about a month or two ago talking about trading for a third star, if it's even necessary. And I'm not sure we ever mentioned the name James Harden, but things have certainly heated up over the last few days. Rumors that he wants out. Rumors coming from Woj that the Rockets offered him this mega two-year extension. He turned it down, and he is focused on the Brooklyn Nets. Now, before we break down if it's good, if it's bad, how we feel about it, can we marvel in the fact that the Nets have all of these stars wanting to come here. The same franchise that had Chris Gatling and Lucius Harris and Trenton Hassel and Yee on Leon and Sean Williams and Sean Williams, the other Sean Williams, and Terrence Williams and Darren Williams and Jordan Williams and Sheldon. We had every freaking Williams in America. Can we marvel at the fact that superstars want us, Mike? Well, do you ha did you really have to lump Lucius Harris into that mix? I love Sweet Lou. He's on my favorite Nets team of all time, the 01-02 Nets, but he came off the bench and provided great leadership and really was the backup point guard to Jason Kidd, how they split minutes, but that's un uh, irrelevant right now. Yes, it is pretty amazing to think about where this team came from, where this franchise was, now to the point where James Harden's like, I want to go to Brooklyn. I want to be with the Nets. My name is James Harden. I want to be with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that's a little bit bizarre to say out loud, but you know, kudos to the Nets organization. And I know everybody wants to say Kevin Durant's running the Nets. I understand that. But can, kudos to Sean Marks, where at least he's put this team in a spot where these kind of conversations are possible because of how many assets they still have, the amount of young talent that they've developed and turned into very solid pros, and then, of course, signing big free agents. They're in a position where they can make these kind of moves. So kudos to Sean Marks and the Nets organization for at least maybe you and I will get into this, don't agree with it, but at least they can have conversations where it's a possibility that it can happen 
where they can make James Harden a net is is at least uh, maybe a realistic option at this point. Well, and look, the the cool thing that we as net fans have to appreciate is what you laid out. There is something awesome about being wanted. Mm. There is something awesome about being a franchise that not too long ago had no draft picks. Every Nick fan would mock the thought of us getting a big-time free agent. And not only did we get those two big-time free agents, but now we've got other stars wanting the team. Now, that's cool, and I think we should all appreciate it, take a few minutes to marvel at how far we've come. But now the important business, Mm. and that is the New York Knicks are irrelevant to us. It's about winning an NBA championship. That's all this is about because we will look back at the Kevin Durant era, if you will. We won't look back at it with the fondest memories if this team can't win an NBA championship. So when I first heard these rumors about James Harden, and they've really started to snowball over about 24, 48 hours, my thought is, okay, Does that help complete the puzzle? No, does that help you win an NBA championship? And I know you can win an NBA title a million different ways. But I am partial for two reasons. I'm partial to having depth, and I'm partial to the guys that we watch develop. Karis LeVert being one, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and also possessing all of your draft picks. Not that that's something I'm attached to, but it's nice to have in case you feel like you're one piece away. And... I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of the views on, hey, you get three superstars like this, you'll figure it out. But as we sit here right now, I still kind of lean towards not making a deal like this. I still lean towards the wonder of how it would work with these three guys. I still lean to the depth. You've had time to kind of ponder it. Are you with me or have you gone to the dark side where it's like, screw it, get me the third superstar? I've gone back and forth, Evan. So I started, when I first heard the rumor, I was like, no, 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 no. I like Karis LeVert. I want to keep him. I think at 26 years of years of age, he is turning into, you know, not he's not James Harden, but he's turning into a guy that could be like a perennial all-star. Maybe he's just on the fringe of that, and we know about his perimeter defense. We're losing the depth then in Spencer Dinwiddie if, if Kyrie gets hurt. Jared Allen behind DeAndre Jordan are starting. And then Torian Prince, I can live live with or without. I thought he had a disappointing first season in Brooklyn uh, with the Nets, and I thought he underachieved. Now, we'll see what that means with draft picks. But I first heard it was like, no, I, we, can't, we can't do this. We, we can't mortgage everybody to get a, a third star in here that doesn't feel like a, an exact fit, you know, Ball dominant guy doesn't play defense. Like, I get he's a superstar, but what is he going to watch? Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant, Durant's going to be like, "Oh, let me watch James Harden." And then I started. I think I fell in love, Evan, with the narrative. I fell in love with all the Twitter handles or Twitter clippings, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I saw these pictures of James Harden in a Brooklyn jersey, and I just started to fall in love with it. And I went to the dark side, but then I took a step back and I said, "Okay." Do you really need three superstars to win a championship right now? Are, are we better off with the guys we have now? And let's add a Serge Ibaka type. Pray to God that Joe Harris resigns. And as much as, as sexy as it is, and don't get me wrong, if they make the trade, I'll be all in on rooting for this team because I have no choice. Oh, yeah. I'm a Nets fan, yeah. of course. But, that goes without saying. But, but in, in a real rational world, like, 
it just is so much fun and it's going to be exciting and it's going to be headlines everywhere. But from a pure fit standpoint, like James Harden needs the ball. Kevin Durant needs the ball. Kyrie Irving needs the ball. And I understand if you get three superstars, you have to give a little bit. But it just feels like deep down inside, the pieces aren't there. And I have to put my ego aside and my Nets ego aside of, yeah, this would be so cool to say out loud. And yeah, it'd be great to see James Harden. But at the end of the day, when they're going for a championship, man, I need Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench to give him key minutes. I need Jared Allen to give him defensive protection when DeAndre Jordan's in foul trouble. I need Karis LeVert to guard Jalen Brown when it counts. And I think right. we can't forget that stuff. And that's why I'm No, I'm it's important. It. Because, look, at the end of the day, it's all about winning an NBA championship. That's all it's about. And right now... You're trying to put those pieces of the puzzle together. And as appealing as it would be to have three true superstars, even if you believe, hey, they're all going to give a little bit. You know, James Harden has said in the past he actually wants to be on a team that features more, more ball movement, which is kind of funny to think about. Even if everybody gave in a little bit, the idea of having that kind of depth, especially when you're going through the rigors of the postseason and you are going up against elite-level teams – to me, feels appealing. It feels like that's the best route to go in winning an NBA title. Now, there are a few things. I'm very open-minded about this. I always say that. I mean, we, we talked a lot about how we evolved on Kevin Durant. You know, when KD first had right. his Achilles injury, my first reaction is, I don't want to get in bed with Kevin Durant. Like, I don't want to, you know, pull a move like this because, man, he's going to be in his 30s, overcoming an Achilles injury. And as the days went by and we creep closer to June 30th, I said, screw it. How else are we winning a title? You know, right. Tobias Harris isn't delivering me an NBA championship. So yeah. no offense to him. So we evolved on it. I'll give you two things. OK, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean I'm pro James Harden. I've already expressed that. My feeling is the best route to putting the pieces of the puzzle together is keeping the depth that you have and adding a piece here and there, specifically Serge Ibaka, who would be a great addition. But I give you two things that appeal about James Harden with this team. Yeah. Number one, his durability. You know, one thing that could really derail the Nets is that Durant is coming off an Achilles injury, and Kyrie Irving's always hurt. Yes. And I can't just assume that's going to change. I mean, I I build into these plans the idea that Kyrie Irving is going to miss time. I've said this to you before. I've said it on the podcast before. I want to build my roster around the idea of, hey, if I lose Kyrie Irving, can I still compete? Sure. No, it's not ideal, but can I still compete? Duran and Irving both have their own injury issues and histories. James Harden doesn't. And granted, that could change in a moment. He's going to be in his he's 31, 32 years old. But the guy goes out and plays. And so if there are a bunch of days where Kyrie Irving can't play or Kevin Durant can't play, you'll beat 70% of the league by just having James Harden out there. Sure. So I fully understand that. And the second thing is, and this is where you could push me to saying, blanket, let's do it. Okay. Okay. I want to hear this. Both. You want to hear it? If both Durant and Irving, and it's got to be both of them, if both of these guys are 100% in and they've talked about it, and they've envisioned it, and they've game-planned it, and they both feel (sighs) this is how we can win an NBA championship, then we've already turned over the organization to these two guys anyway. (laughs) Look at the head coaching search. You may as well go all the way with it. So if both, And I'm not convinced both guys are fully in. I think one guy is fully in, a la Kevin Durant. I'm not sure about the other one. 
But if they're both fully in on it, then yes, you can convince me because as we talked about with the coaching situation, this is a star-driven league. If they all buy in, all right, fine, I'll buy in. Don't you miss, Evan, the days of Sean Kilpatrick and seeing if he could develop <laughs> into becoming a, a bench player? I mean, nah, no, I, I I understand what you're saying, and, and that's a key. They all have to buy into each other, and they all have to uh, you know believe that this is the best route to win an NBA championship. I think that's obvious, and that goes without saying. But it does scare me a little bit with a couple of factors. One, like... I hate that it's even a conversation, but it's like Kyrie Irving and his temperamental, you know, mood and how he's feeling. And like, this is such a weird thing to say, but what if he gets jealous of the relationship that James Harden is having with Kevin Durant? And then Kyrie Irving doesn't buy in all of a sudden. And now you have a fracture in the locker room with guys that are, you know, mega millionaire superstars. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but they're people at the end of the day. And we've seen that. And then there's some, there's some friction and a fraction that's occurring within that locker room. That would scare me so much. And then the other thing is, and I I guess if they're going to go and make this deal, they have to have the awareness that there's bench help coming somewhere because giving up Spencer, giving up Karras, giving up Jared. Uh, Jared Allen and well, then giving up they'll Torian, have they have to have the assurance that dudes are coming here to play for less money or else you know they can't be relying on a bench that's not what that, that's so thin because they need to have some depth moving forward look they'll have bet like I'll, I'll even give you names I'll attach names to please. it please guy like Wes Matthews is a free agent and I'm sure they can get him on a veterans minimum uh, Serge Ibaka, they can probably get him on the mid-level, or at least that's what Kevin Durant is certainly trying to do. Right. Uh, I think that guys like that could fill out the bench. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not as good as what they have right now. No. <laughs> that's just the reality of it. Is it an NBA bench that can win you a championship? Well, I mean, you look at the L.A. Lakers, they didn't exactly have the deepest bench in the world. They got you know really strong play out of veteran guys like Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. and Dwight Howard who played some... I got to give him credit. They played some great basketball down the stretch. Contavious Caldwell Pope can also be out there. So it's they'll be able to put together a bench. It just won't be what they have. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing is I'm skeptical that Irving is in on this. You know, when SNY and Ian Begley have the report of Harden, and it's funny with all this reporting, you're you're kind of piecing everything together. Yeah, you know we know who to trust. I mean, Woj and Shams are the two best, but Ian Begley's a real good reporter too, locally. And he throws out Harden reached out to net players, and it's not universal that they want him. Right. And look, the first joke that you can make is, well, yeah, the guys that are being traded don't want him. <laughs> you know, Spencer Dinwiddie said no because he's not an idiot. He knows he's going back in the deal. Same with Jared Allen. Same with Karis Levert. But does Kyrie want him? I mean, I, I don't know. And I think that I certainly jumped to the conclusion, and others did as well. Oh, Kyrie Irving wants nothing to do with James Harden. There's no way he wants to be the third guy in a big three because he would be the third guy in the big three. And if Kyrie is having issues with this whole thing, this leads to two weird aspects. Number one, you can't just make the deal. You need both stars in on it. And number two, I thought Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were best friends. Are they having a lover's quarrel right now over this? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the funny thing, too. It's like, it, it just shows you how much BS there is everywhere, right? Right? Like, 
oh, Kevin Durant and Karis LeVert worked out, and they're such good buddies, and they want to be in, be in on this together. You know, oh, well, newsflash, James Harden wants to come to the Nets, so Karis, <laughs> see you later. I, I mean, it just shows you, too, his business. Like, sorry, Karis, I like you. I think you're good. But James Harden is a top 10 NBA talent. I mean, I... If, uh, I'll say this. If Durant and Kyrie are having friendship issues, what the hell is going on then? Like, th- th- they've got to be able to be in sync here. I'm sorry. Like, if James Harden's coming, like, Kyrie, you got to be you – and, you and Kevin have to talk it out. We can't have, like, Steve Nash playing mediator back and forth saying, hey, Steve, tell this to Kyrie. All right, thanks. T- tell it back. No, they've got to be in lock sync. They've got to be together. In well, this. they also – They've got to make this but work. But you know what, Pasaglia? They – they also may be best friends who just disagree about the fit. That's I mean, fair. It could be as simple as KD believes, no, nah, no, Kyrie, this will work. This this will all be great together. And Kyrie's like, nah, KD, I don't know about I, this. I, I'm not I, sure I, it's going to work. I wonder then, too, like, what is it like for Sean Marks to be the GM in all of this, knowing that he just can't make, you know, a trade that he has to go to Kevin. And then he's like, Kevin, what did Kyrie say? And then, you know, right. all this game of telephone when you're the GM of the Nets, to put it this way, I, I think that's fascinating too. From Sean's perspective of when he started the job and he was on the right. phone with teams being like, all right, Indiana, you want Thaddeus Young so you can make the second round in the in the uh, NBA playoffs? We need a pick back to now what he's right. evolved and what he's dealing with. Like getting back to how we started this episode, just so different in how things have evolved for oh, the yeah. Nets. And he... And he should be doing that, by the way. I know there are people that scoff at that idea, but in the NBA of all leagues, such a star-driven league, he should be talking to his star players about trades. He should be getting their opinions on fits (sighs) and how things make sense. Now, here's the other question, because we haven't discussed this angle of it, and I think it is fascinating, even though we're net fans, we come from a net bias, and that is the Houston Rockets, they don't have to trade James Harden. No. Okay, they don't. I mean, he's got two years left on his contract. He also has a player option, so it could be longer than that, if I'm not mistaken. I think it could be three years. They did try to sign him to a two-year extension. Woj reported that would have paid him $50 million a year. (laughs) And even if they decide, you know what, let's trade him. This is the moment. They don't have to trade him to the Nets. This is not an AD situation. What was different about Anthony Davis is that no team wanted to rent Anthony Davis. Right. At the end of the day, if a team did want to rent Anthony Davis and the Pelicans felt that offer was better than the Lakers, they would have traded him there. Yeah. You you put your own interests first. This is very different. And, I, and I'll use the Knicks as an example because why the hell not? If the New York Knicks say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to trade for James Harden. There's nothing James Harden can do about it. We are going to trade for James Harden. Mm. And they make an offer that the Rockets deem better than the Nets. There really isn't anything James Harden can do other than say, I'm not happy. What's he going to do? So (laughs) this is not, I know superstars usually get what they want. I totally get that. But looking at this situation on face value, what power does James Harden have right now? Ugh, and that's what's uh, so annoying because I just I dread this thing dragging out and then moving along, going into a couple weeks, and it's like the season's right around the corner. It's not like this is your yeah. typical off season, and then you got a couple of months. I mean, we're recording this. What is today? November 
what November, whatever, whatever, whatever. today is. Middle November doesn't matter. Dates mean you know the the, the the NBA season's basically you know thirty two days away. So how long can this really drag on and go? Because then at some point the team actually has to come together and they have to play. And it's like, oh, here we go. And I mean, I look at you know I'm interested from Houston like. If a, there's a deal, as I know the Sixers, with the other team that Shams kind of report on, is a deal with Ben Simmons more intriguing and then whatever they put around it, does that intrigue Houston more to get Ben Simmons back yes. than Karras yes. and, and crew? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think ben Simmons got his flaws. The guy, the, I mean, he's been kind of a major disaster. I'm not saying... No, 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 but wait, wait a second. I'm not saying Ben Simmons doesn't have his flaws, but here's the difference. Here's why Ben Simmons leading a package is more appealing if I'm the Rockets. Spencer Dinwiddie's a free agent at the end of this season. True. Okay, so if you're the Rockets, he's a rental. Let's be perfectly honest. Yep. Jared Allen is due a brand new contract. And Karis LeVert I love. I mean, we both love Karis LeVert, though I do think Karis LeVert is valued more by us as Net fans than he is around the NBA. I really believe that. Karis LeVert misses time every single season. Yeah. And in NBA circles for a young rebuilding team, he's not that young. He's 26 years old. Not to say that's old, but again, there are guys around the league who are 22, 23 years old. That's what you're thinking about when you're talking about real young players. So he's 26 years old. Ben Simmons is 24 years old. Mm. Now, Ben Simmons is two years younger, and I think we'd agree Ben Simmons is a more established player than Karis LeVert is. He's a more proven player than Karis LeVert is. So... I got to tell you, and, and the draft picks you'd have to think are probably somewhat comparable. Right. But, you know, if you're Philadelphia, maybe, or I'm sorry, if you're Houston, maybe you're thinking the picks are better with Philadelphia, that there's a better chance they fail or they struggle than the Nets do. So I'm just being, well, I'm trying to be intellectually fair about it. I do think if Ben Simmons highlights a trade, that's a more appealing package than the net package, well then, in my opinion. Well, then let me ask you this to kind of piggyback on that. Is the Nets offer have anything of value to Houston? I mean, I guess that's It's then, okay. I mean... It's you, okay. You, you lose... Like, Dinwiddie walks. Karras, you could turn in... You know, you hope turns into something. And are you going to... Do you want to commit to Jared Allen? I mean, you just said no to Clint Capella, who's a better version of Jared Allen. Why would you want to... I, I get it. It's new management. Maybe it's a different vision. But it's like, do you want Clint Capella 2.0 that's not quite as good I, right now? It seems odd. I don't think... I don't think the net package is that amazing. Is it okay? Sure. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, especially if they're going to send you over four first-round picks, and then you're going to hope that maybe it turns into what happened with the Celtics, where, hey, Durant and Irving and Harden all leave after two years, (laughs) and then the back end of this... Well, it, you have to keep that in mind. That's a legitimate possibility. Yeah. The Clippers took yeah. that risk. Yeah. The Lakers have taken that risk with all the first-round picks they've sent out. The Rockets have taken that risk yes. with the trade that they made recently. So, it's look, it's a part of the risk-reward. But if you're asking me, if they opened up hardened packages to around the NBA yeah. and teams said, screw it, we don't care if James Harden wants to come to us, are there better packages? Yeah. Uh, they, they are. So this idea that the Nets have the best package, they don't. Because I think one thing you have to keep in mind, and I'm keeping it in mind too, I, it's not that we overrate Karis LeVert. We value Karis. It's a nicer way of saying it. We value Karis LeVert higher than I think he is around the yeah. But Yeah, he, he symbolizes, I think, he's one of many players that symbolize the net turnaround from no draft picks 
trading Thaddeus, getting him, developing, developing him, and then seeing what he did at the end of the year in the um, in the Celtics game, seeing what he did in the bubble and against the Blazers, and he just symbolizes the net turnaround. So yeah, I, I I get that, and I understand what he means to us as fans and seeing his development and seeing him like the team turn a corner where we hope that they're a title contender next year with, I guess, who the hell knows who's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I got to tell you, it's weird times right now. (laughs) (laughs) It really (laughs) is. Now you did lay out though, the worst case scenario we live through. If you're a real New Jersey Nets fan or Brooklyn Nets fan, and I'm not going back that far to bring this stuff up. We lived through the melodrama, the yeah. pursuit that seemed endless of Carmelo Anthony. We lived through the Dwight Mare, the endless pursuit of Dwight Howard. And what made those things even worse than what they turned out to be, because the Nets obviously didn't get either guy. They did get Dwight Howard many years later right. in that weird sell-off deal. Yeah, Is that it was a cloud over the organization. Mm-hmm. And what I would do if I'm Sean Marks, and, and I would explain it to Kevin, I'd say, here's the deal, Kevin. We cannot go into the start of the year with this being out there. Yep. So I know you want to play with James Harden. This is assuming they've decided to pursue James Harden, okay? We know you want James Harden. I want James Harden. We're putting a deadline on the Rockets, though. If we can't work out a deal by December 10th, let's just say that, 12 days before the start of the year, probably earlier, probably December 1st, honestly, because I don't even want to go into preseason like this then it's done. Then I'm literally telling the Rockets there's no deal on the table whatsoever. And look, we may trade Spencer Dinwiddie somewhere else. We may trade Jared Allen somewhere else. But this is gone. And you've got to tell James Harden, it's over. Now, that may not do anything to the Rockets because the Rockets, again, don't have to trade him to the Brooklyn Nets. But what I think is really, really important for the expectations of this roster, for a rookie head coach, for everything going on, is this cannot be something that exists going on during the season. Mm. This can't be a rumor in the first week of January. It's either got to happen or it doesn't happen because that's the worst-case scenario. What a first year for Steve Nash, right? Coming in, dealing with this, like, holy crap. For a guy that has no experience and is going to be a head coach for the first time to deal with these kind of egos, these kind of rumors, I mean, man. I would love to see the internal conversations that these people are having right now. But like you said, when we started this thing, the Brooklyn Nets are interesting. They somehow went from a team that had Sean Kilpatrick as their small forward to a team now that's debating, is James Harden really a good fit for our organization? You know, that that to me is, is, is remarkable that we're even having that debate. I know. The one thing I wonder about is, and I've told this story before, that Sean Marks over the last few years, not that this led to Kevin Durant, but always tried to do the right thing for players and and agents out there. Small little things, signs of goodwill to agents and players around the league, hoping that, hey, maybe someday this will pay off. James Harden has been kind of the king of Houston for a while now. And he's done a lot for that organization. He hasn't won a championship, obviously, which is the ultimate goal. But when you think about it, I mean, James Harden's been there for the last seven years. He's won scoring titles. He's won MVPs. I mean, the guy's been, well, one MVP. I don't think he's won more than one MVP. But he's had a couple of top three finishes. Would the Rockets 
send him to Brooklyn just because that's what he wants. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, forgetting about the ugliness of sending him somewhere else and the bad breakup that is, and I don't know if that impacts them down the road with any other agent or free agent down the road by being nice to James Harden. They don't have to be nice. My attitude is always you got to put the roster and you got to put your organization first. But I wonder about it because Harden wants Brooklyn. And that's great. That makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside. But does his want lead to this ownership, Tillman Farita, is that how you pronounce it, Fertita, does it convince him to say, all right, you know what? We're going to give you exactly what you want. You know, we're, we're going to give you what you want. I don't know, man. That's why, like, right now, my fear moving forward is we're not going to get an answer. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you're just like, all right, with Kevin Durant's free agency, we were going to get an answer on June 30th. That right. was it. Either to. he was coming here yeah. or he was going somewhere else. And we may not get that with James Harden. That's a problem. Yeah, get ready for it. As uh, I, I think today when everything started, we heard the rumors and everything that was going on. And we knew 12 o'clock noon Eastern time. Uh, the NBA trades were uh, available and open. And everybody was, you know, we saw the Chris Paul deal, but everybody's like, here's the trade. Where's the trade? Where's the trade? But as you kind of just laid out and you kind of read between the lines, you see everything going on. There's no reason for these two teams or for Houston to make a trade that fast. Now, yes, I said it before. It's quick. It's coming fast. December 22nd is around the corner. But you don't have to make a trade in eight hours. You can lay it out and wait one to two to three weeks and see what happens. So at this point, I mean, I just think it's going to take a couple of days at the very least. But I think... I do think the Nets are not going to let this go into the next or into the start of the season. I think it'll okay. either happen or it won't happen. And but I don't your, think there'll be a gray area. And what's your prediction? You think they're going to get them? You think this is all going to come to fruition and we're going to have a the three-headed science project? Because it kind of is a science project to see how it works out. Harden, Durant, and Irving? I think it happens, yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. You? I, I'm going to lean towards no. And what I try to do with these things, I, I try not to use emotion. And you know, I try to just follow the facts. And I'll give you where I've been positive. Like Mets related, I, I've been positive for months that Steve Cohen was going to buy the team because it was just logic. Logic told me he's got the most money. That's who's going to buy the team. Right. I, my logic points to the fact that the Rockets are going to play hardball. You know, despite me bringing up, hey, would they be nice to James Harden? No. I don't think they will be. I think that the fact that he's got two years left on his contract, the Rockets are not just going to give in to exactly what he wants. So I lean towards no, and I think what's going to be a real test for Sean Marks is not just telling Kevin Durant, look, it's not happening, they don't want to make a deal now, but making other deals that show you it can't happen. Yep. You know, if maybe it is a package for Drew Holiday, which we talked about in the last podcast. I'm not sure what else (laughs) would kind of fully eliminate you. Right from making this kind of deal. But if Dinwiddie and Allen, and I do think the Nets are looking to make a move. Yeah. I, I would be, I'm almost less than 50-50 that Dinwiddie and Allen are going to be on the roster opening night. But if they move those two guys, who are very close, by the way, so I'm sure they'll be happy to be traded together. If they move them for a veteran piece like Holiday, then it tells you that they're out on James Harden. And I think that's important because this dragging is not good. 
They only have a two-year window. If you if you want to call it a three-year window, fine, but it's probably a two-year window. And so you can't mess around. And you can't spend the first month of the season with half the roster thinking that it's going to be traded to the Rockets for James Harden. By the way, let me throw one other thing at you. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous, but I'm going to throw it at you. The idea that if Kyrie isn't on board, Kyrie oh, is sent to Houston for it. James Harden. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. I mean, at that point, I'm like, fine, let's make the deal. Let's keep Spencer and Karras, get the depth at the point guard position. Let's get those two monsters in here to play, you know, to score the basketball, keep the defender on the perimeter. Now, there's no shot. There's, I, I don't even know how that's even a how, – how after all that, that Kyrie Irving is going in a deal to Houston, that seems asinine. No shot at no, that No, I – look, I – I think it's ridiculous. I think if you're the Houston Rockets, you ask for him. I mean, if you're the Rockets and sure. James Harden says, I want to go to Brooklyn, sure. sure, you start off by saying, okay, we want Kyrie Irving in the deal. And <laughs> look, I, I, I would be stunned if this whole saga ended that way, especially since Kyrie Irving is basically responsible for bringing back the old New Jersey Nets. <laughs> right after all that. He grew up as a Nets fan. And after all yeah. this, he gets sent out to Houston. But um, Look, I, I'll answer this, though, very simply. And I, and I know you agree because you just said it. If we're playing fantasy basketball. Yes. And I've got the pieces I have. Would yeah. I trade Kyrie Irving for James Harden? Yes, I would. Yes. Yeah, I, I, and I think that one's pretty pretty easy to do. Yeah. And it's not just the fit necessarily, it's the health. That would probably be the thing that would push me the most because my biggest fear with Kyrie Irving, whenever anyone sends me a tweet about his personality or he kills locker rooms or anything like that, my biggest fear about Kyrie Irving is not even his personality – it's his health. Yeah, it it's the play. fact that he's had a very difficult time in what's supposed to be the prime of his career staying on the court. Mm-hmm. So that would be my answer. By the way, the Brooklyn Nets made a trade. Yeah, they did. You know, I mean, we, <laughs> we, we're burying the lead here. Not really. But Bruce Brown for Donon Musa and a second-round pick, I, I love the deal. I mean, you get yourself a perimeter defender, a guy who's still relatively young, a guy that fits the puzzle like we're talking about. And let's face it, uh, Musa's got potential. I don't want to throw him to the side, but he didn't have potential with this roster. No. He was never going to break the rotation of this team. Bruce Brown has a chance to be in the rotation of this team. And then I guess the other nugget and and uh, what's keep going to be keeping me up at night is you know, seeing this report about the Atlanta Hawks throwing money at Joe Harris. And that... That scares me because I cannot see Joe Harris. I started playing this game of like Joe Harris in a Hawks uniform and Trey Young penetrating, kicking <laughs> it out to Joe Harris. And that that's just my absolute nightmare is after all this, Joe goes, Joe, you have to stay with this team. Well, the food's better here. Don't do it. Listen, listen, listen. I'm scared, Evan. If the Brooklyn Nets are trying to win an NBA championship, they have to keep Joe Harris. It would make absolutely no sense None. to let him walk away because you get nothing for it. You don't get cap relief. You don't get an asset back. You literally lose Joe Harris for nothing. And if they are going to make this big deal for Harden, Joe Harris is going to be able to live on the perimeter. He's going to be basically able to live in an apartment complex on the perimeter, <laughs> and he's going to get open threes all freaking day. I know. And everything Joe Harris has ever suggested is that he wants to be here. So, I know. 
don't be worried about teams throwing big money at him. They should throw big money at him. He's a, he's developed in a hell of a complete player. But Joe Harris not coming back would make absolutely zero sense. And again, I like to use logic. I'm trying to use some logic here. And logic would tell me there's no way they would let Joe Harris walk away. I, I, I know, and I'm with you there, but we haven't seen what their views are in the luxury tax and the whole and the whole deal with it. Now, at this, point, at this point, I know if you, if you got this far and you're like, eh, we could go without Joe Harris. Let's find, find somebody else. I'd be surprised, but I'm just so scared of the idea. And I read these stupid reports about all this money being thrown <laughs> people's way and I shouldn't fall into it. It just scares the living hell out of me. So I just, you know, I because I, I, I lived in Charlottesville for years and I did the UVA basketball network. I was in studio and Joe was my guy there. And then I was like, hey, I don't know if he'll make the NBA. And then I saw what happened with him in the net. So it's like extra sensitive with Joe. So I, uh, I, I just I just I, I don't like reading this stuff, Evan. I don't like it. I, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so in conclusion, yes. You are pro making the deal for James Harden, or you're anti making the deal for James Harden. I'm, Where are you? I'm, I'm confused. I'm by anti you. making the deal, but I think it happens, and I would be willing to talk myself into it once it does happen. Well, and I'll be on board yeah. with that. But, but right, right, right. But I, I, th- I rather have the depth with the roster, the yes. flexibility with the roster, make the right moves. But there's something inside of me, Evan, that's saying. This feels like, oh, the Nets can't get Kevin Durant. The Nets can't get Kyrie Irving. I know this is different. We hear that James wants to come here. Oh, but the Rockets have this, you know, they don't have to make a move. And then we look back at it and we're like, how do we not see this earlier? D'Antoni's on the staff. Of course he wants to come here. Steve Nash, that kind of offense, he wants to be part of this. They'll figure it out. Sean Marks will give in. I don't know. I think it's going to happen. I just, I just, I just think it does. Look, I... One thing we all have to remember is we have opinions as sports fans about what our team should do. And then no matter what they do, we, of course, end up buying in because we want our team to win. So right now, yeah, I wouldn't make this deal if they make the deal. You know, I'll yell about it for a few hours or something. And then it's, hey, these are my guys. (laughs) My yeah. My hope of winning an NBA championship yeah. is with the beard, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Let's go, baby. Let's they better make this thing work because boy oh boy, the expectations for this team. Yeesh. Oh my god. And they are gonna be the most hated team in the country. And I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. What are Nick fans thinking right now? Are they thinking about Tyrese Halliburton? Are they thinking about, well, we can make a deal for Russell Westbrook. Our friends, because they are our friends, the Nick fan friends out there who a year and a half ago thought they were getting Kevin Durant. They thought they were going to be the hot spot for all the superstars. So I just like thinking about them every once in a while. Just once in a while. I, I like putting that thought in my brain, even though it's irrelevant and it shouldn't matter. I do think about it every once in a while. Uh, I think about it all the time. You know, I I can say this. Maybe you can't. I hate the Knicks. I hate their fans. They annoy me. I love seeing them struggle. I love seeing them stink. I know it'd be great for the Nets-Knicks to have a little rivalry, but honestly, win 20 to 30 games and and relive the memories of John Starks and the Mecca, you can tell your kids about it. (laughs) Well, no, my 
My dislike for the Knicks is coming out more so than ever because I'm lucky enough to have a radio partner now Yes, whose first team, like his number one, mm. is the New York Knicks. And so I can see it. I can see it in his eyes when he talks about the Knicks or talks about the Nets. It causes pain. Yes. And I like that pain. I'm not going to lie to you. I like that pain. But you can hear me and that aforementioned guy I just mentioned, Craig Carton, Monday through Friday at 2 o'clock on The Fan. Of course, you can follow Mike Biseglia. What's your uh, Twitter handle again? At, at Mike Delivers Pod. You find me there on Twitter. At Mike Delivers Pod. All right, we'll be back for the instant reaction. The Nets have acquired Drew Holiday podcast, which will probably happen in a few days. Yeah. Uh, but, but thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.